in one and all it is season three episode 19 of the uk dallas cowboys fan club podcast um it's not a very good tuesday it's not a victory polo tuesday and as you can see from obi-wan graham wilson down in the left <laughs> it's a dark and solemn day <laughs> just no, it's the ideas are dumb. <laughs> it is the Broncos yeah. post game show. Um, we lost 30 16 at the weekend. We are currently 6 and 2. We still lead the NFC East in what was a strange weekend for football. Gentlemen, take it away. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> I think. <laughs> We're never, we're never allowed to utter the phrase "confidence is high" ever again on this podcast, um, because I mean that was just, that was. I thought we were maybe tempting fate, but hey, you know, um, yeah, that just. I don't know if it's the the fact that the, everybody in Texas had an extra hour in bed because of daylight savings time last week that the Cowboys' offense stayed in there as well. Um, Cowboys defense ended up being on the field for something like 40 minutes of the game, um, you know, which was too long for them to actually hold off. I think the pivotal play, obviously, you know, much like the in the Minnesota game where sort of the, the first drive of the second half where um, Cooper Rush connected with uh, Cedric Wilson for the long TD. I mean, the, you know, that first drive of the Broncos in the second half and obviously the the punt block, that was what that was the pivotal moment for us. And after that, it was all garbage time for us. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I agree on some of that. Yeah, um, but I just think when we probably do a game like that, we played so well so far this season, even in the mm. in the books um, in the in the books loss. We played pretty. We played pretty well. Um, I think we were due a game when we were. We played pretty dog. Um, couple of the couple of times with the with the going through on fourth down. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, they would have been long field goals. So it's um, probably understandable. But did we get a bit ahead of ourselves? That I mean, going for it that many times. But it's, I think it's just a little blip. But I suppose time will tell. We've got a quick turnaround, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, make make no bones about it. The 16 points flatters us. Um, the, those were junk time points. Um, the Broncos clearly thought they'd won the game. I think we scored all, all our points in the last four minutes. The Broncos yep. clearly had... They'd checked out. They'd won the game. So, And that's me being polite. Um, strange, like Jamie said, strange week across the league. The only uh, NFC East contender that won a game were the Cardinals, um, and that was without Kyler Murray, which is a, a, a daunting prospect. Um, Colt McCoy, former the, Texas, the resurrection of Colt McCoy, unbelievable. Um, yeah, poor on defense, even worse on offense. Um, 78 yards on the ground <laughs> another well-known phrase it's just bad football it's just bad football but I would rather turn in a performance like that 
in the middle of November as opposed to the middle of January. Mm. So every cloud. Very much so. I mean, I, I I know I was away on Sunday and I, I didn't get in until, Jesus, I think it was nearly half time. And I remember sending you guys a message saying, you know, what's going on? And it was literally like, don't ask, don't turn the game on. It, it seemed to be like a repeat of the Indianapolis game two years ago where they bet us up in the trenches. They dominated time of possession. I mean, I'm looking at the stats here. Time of possession, 41 minutes, 12 seconds as against 18 minutes, 48 seconds. Unless you're in college football, you're not going to win an NFL game with that time of possession. You know, the thing about it as well is that although, like G said, that 16 points probably flatters us. And to be fair, the Broncos, no one can argue that they didn't deserve that win. Um, but Michael Parsons still had his in a game. If you look at his... <laughs> I, I mean, two and a half sacks and three tackles for a loss. Yeah, <laughs> the kid is unreal. Yeah, and he he joins Junior Seau as the only uh, players in the NFL history to have back to back ten tackle and three at minimum three tackles for loss games. Mm. So yeah, I mean, you know, he's still still having record setting performances. Um, you know, I thought the defense started off well. I mean, that sack by Carlos Watkins on the first on the first drive, um, you know, was was stuff a legend. You had uh, Osa Digizuwa played quite well as well. But I mean, when you're on the field for 41 minutes, that's just going to nobody has that sort of stamina. And um, while we're talking about stamina, I mean. Lyle Collins on that first um, that first drive, as soon as he came off the field, he was already huffing and puffing in an oxygen mask as well. So uh, his conditioning must have been pretty pathetic for him to be, you know, I, I would have probably, you know, in retrospect, maybe gone with Ty and Zeki at left tackle and kept um, Terrence Steele on the right this week. Give him, give him another yeah. week to get ready. Such as like, but just uh, just while you, whilst you were saying that, Lauren, I'm after seeing two pieces of breaking news. So the first piece, former Browns and um, New York somebody's wide receiver from LSU has gone unclaimed on waivers and they've become an unrestricted free agent. So no one wanted to pay the $7 million. They didn't deem he was worthy of it, which would, for me, conclude that he is no longer an elite wide receiver. And the second piece of breaking news is that Greg Zerline has been placed on the reserve injured COVID list for um, the Dallas Cowboys. And we will need to see, sign a kicker for this weekend. I mean, do you know, I'm not even that downhearted. <laughs> Let's face it, he wasn't, he wasn't brilliant. Let's face it. I mean, see, when every time he walked out there, there was a 25% chance he was going to miss it. So, you know, fair enough, it's, it's terrible to see a player go to IR, but he was not a stick-on for every single point. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, he missed plenty yeah. of field goals and a couple of extra points. So, yeah. Do you know, saying that though as well, don't, don't it feel like that over the last couple of years that there's kind of been a curse on kickers? Apart from... You can probably name a few more, but I've sort of made 
apart from Tuck, Justin Tucker from from the Ravens, no one's been massively consistent like they used to do. Like you said, there were there were points like say when Dan Bailey was pretty much nailed on, he'd get one from fifty plus with his eyes closed, and they just like the kicking just seems to have gone down. Like you see a lot of missed, even missed field, even missed point afters are, are mm. becoming. A few of the norm in the league of the last couple of years. It's really weird. Yeah, and I mean yeah. Washington. Washington just uh, changed their kickers today. I mean they got rid of the guy Chris Blewett. Um, <laughs> he, he obviously blew blew his shot in the NFL. Um, blew his load. <laughs> yeah, that was always on the cards. <laughs> but see, that's the, I mean that's that to my point. That's it's just a kick and merry go round. So it's not as if yeah. you can't hold a competition with three three names that you know I mean I'm sure we could we could all pick three uh, free agent kickers that we know right now Dan Bailey being one of them Dan Bailey's a free agent right now yep. there so, we go who knows yeah I know I, I know a certain safety down in New Orleans no. that could always come back no. as a kicker it was never too far away was it it was always <laughs> going to be on the cards always and, and he can take Curse's place as well where he's at it when he gets his yeah. suspension. Do you know, Bri, Bri would buy a team and just bring him in and he'd play with Jeffy, snapping the ball to himself and blocking for himself. <laughs> and picking himself off. And, and he'd probably do better than Cowboys <laughs> did this weekend. <laughs> but, look... We, we have said tonight we're not going to go too into depth about the game um, or anything like that. So, I mean, like offensively, I mean, I think you guys have covered it. I mean, in terms of the offensive line was just had a stinker. I mean, Zach Martin even had a stinker at the weekend, which is, I mean, that's as rare as, you know, Philadelphia having a nice fan. Um, but... I mean, was there any high point on offense at all? I mean, Malik Turner, two touchdowns, two converted yeah. two-point attempts. Was there anything? I to, nah, I have to say that's you've probably hit the nail on the head. And Malik Turner there, I mean, getting the two touchdowns, he misses out on getting the blocked punt because it's it's gone down the record book as being a, a muffed punt for two yards. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, and you know he would be the first player in NFL history as well to, to to get the two touchdowns and block a punt in a game. So you know that's something he missed out on because of the the wording of everything. Um, other than that, I mean, I thought mm-hmm. you know the communication was off. I mean, I've heard all this week that McCarthy says that you know there's a lot of things that went wrong last week that perhaps they didn't have their best. Um, training sessions, um, the, the the overemphasis on making sure that people uh, we cut down on penalties actually probably uh, meant that people weren't as physical, um, you know. And I think you know as as much as um, going for it on fourth down on those first two drives, you know, you would ha- normally you would have faith in the offense. Um, I think that was a, a sort of slight to the Broncos and the Broncos, you know, took that to heart and said, right, we're going to ram this down your throat. 
Um, and by the end of the game, you know that we were the ones eating humble pie. So you, you just yeah. knew that day was it was like say an, an off day. I think was it one of the passes that Dak threw. I don't think it was if it was Turner was wide open and just went into the dirt, and it was just like and it, it's so it's so unlike Dak as well, isn't it? It's so it, it kind of it was one of them where it just it just kind of affected the whole team and. And like this is better, better have have this game now than maybe needing it to get I don't know number two seed <clears throat> and then maybe potentially screwing up getting getting a, a home tie in the in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like on the on the pregame show, we we were all as high as kites, you know, with. Um, you know, I've I've said something along the lines of let Cooper and and Lamb have a, have less snaps, less of the ball, less ex, less expectation, and um, those words have come back to bite because the pair of them had four catches for sixty yards combined. Um, mm -hmm. Fair enough, Malik Turner had a had a good game. Noah Brown had one target. Um, it's an eye opener. It's an eye opener yeah. because I think we were just getting a little bit excited at times, and it's almost as if, do you know what? I think we've been let down. The fans have been let down because we can only we can only do shows and do preview shows on what we see on the field, and up until the Broncos game, it was it was high flying stuff. You know, nothing could go wrong, and. For them to drop, for them to drop a performance, especially at AT and T, that's what surprises me the most. If it was on the road at, at Mile High, I'm not saying you could excuse it, but you could at least understand why with the high altitude and all that kind of stuff. But um, I've seen friend of the show uh, Jay Tuck. He he put up all sorts of videos like. The, the third down banners would come flashing on for our defence and the stadium was quiet. Mm. You know, you're thinking that, that, that Teddy Bridgewater could get his calls out and um, you could almost hear it on TV and you're thinking, come on, we're, we're in the game here. We're, we've finally got a challenge on our hands and not even the fans turned up. Um, yeah. Disappointing. I yeah, I mean, if you if you looked in the stands, actually, there was a hell of a lot of orange um, yeah. supporters there. I mean, it, it normally happens, and I bet you when we when we come to Thanksgiving, there'll be a lot of Raiders fans sitting in the you know because it's because it's an AFC team and they only get to play us once every eight years in AT and T, all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, the, the Dallas is a very big destination city for all these teams that are coming in to play and I think that's why and I think a lot of people probably thought oh this is going to be Denver Broncos much like much like us last Thursday this is going to be the Broncos oh it's it's not really going to it's going to be a beat down you know maybe don't watch maybe don't go and watch the game or whatever um, put, put your tickets up on StubHub or whatever site um, you know and that's why there were so many Denver fans in there and that you know, that adds to the fact that, you know, who was it? Heckma um, posted a video on Facebook 
him sitting with his daughter and you know all these cowboys fans leaving and everything and the the noise that the denver fans were making just you know it just swung it i mean it, it was probably a, more of a home game for them to be honest yeah i mean i don't want don't want to get down on the fans too much at the end of the day it's up to the team to put the performance on the field for the fans to get behind but at least create a bit of noise i mean noise costs nothing um mm-hmm. it was just it was just a flat day all round i think i mean zeke 51 yards when was the last time you saw that um mm. i mean tony pollard 11 yards he was he was irrelevant 11 yeah. yards in one catch Dak didn't score any points until the fourth quarter just bad all round just bad all round and um come back tyron smith all is forgiven because i was so confident in the, in the o-line um you know that it almost felt like um august september october 2020 o-line as opposed to the the stout performances we've been putting up so far so yeah, it's, it's it's sobering. It really is sobering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you you can't you can't just say that it was Terrence Steele moving to left tackle was the, you know, the main yeah. culprit. I mean, as I say, Lyle Collins, you know, he had numerous holding and um, false start penalties against him, and I mean that's a sign that your conditioning's not right, and <clears throat> um, when you're when your conditioning's not right, your technique's the first thing to go. And I mean that the the first holding penalty. I mean he practically, you know, he was lucky he didn't get called for a horse collar tackle as well because he basically had his hands inside the guy's jersey and was pulling him down. Mm. Um, you know, as we said, Zach Martin. You know, once in a blue moon he has a bad game, and I think this fingers crossed this was it. Um, you know, and we we build on it for next year. You know, still, you know, had a relatively good game. Yes, he was he was given up. He gave up a couple of sacks, but um, you know, that's again when you're trying to move across the other side of the line, it it takes probably a, a week or two before you actually truly get in involved in you know, the the change in stance uh, from a left hand side to a right hand side, everything like that. Um, so I think we'll see him play better this week if Tyron's held out again. There's um, McCarthy seems to be a bit non-committal on Tyron this week as well. So yeah. <laughs> funny you should mention the penalties because Aaron brought up a, a, a comment about the about the penalties and it's it is this shit's getting boring. This this has been being the Dallas Cowboys offensive line for a number of years, giving up a lot. A lot of penalties and a lot of yards, and yeah, I seen a tweet the other day saying that that the Cowboys for penalty yards are are on par to be the, the most penalised team ever to make the playoffs. It, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We I know we all know it happens. It, you know what I mean, but it's just it seems to be that this team gets as many penalty yards against them than. Zeke rushes sometimes. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. I keep seeing the hundred yards. Do you know what I mean? It's like it is only it's it, it's piss taking. You know what I mean, like, so you you effectively 
you could say you're knocking Zeke out of the game because Zeke puts you 100 yards on the board and your, your offensive line smashes you for 110, 120 yards. So it, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, it's all, then overworking your running back and overworking your, your quarterback because then they, they have to bring these yards back. It's just sort that shit out. Man. Like I say, because when it gets to the playoffs, team, teams, teams are going to eat up that and, and are going to punish us and, and not just no disrespect to, to the Broncos. I mean, I know the one, but better teams would have put on a lot more points on the back of all those penalties that we were giving away. Yeah. I think if 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 we flipped it over to the defence, and I'm just kind of looking at the stat line here, four sacks, ten tackles for loss, two passes defended. Um, I think there was ten quarterback hits in there as well. You know, I mean... The defense did well, but there is another problem in that in the last two weeks the defense has to cause a turnover. Yeah, you know, the, so the first part of those stats, you you if you'd have read them out before reading the score, you would have fought with a one. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, and I mean, we did we did actually have a turnover, but that was negated by um, Trayvon Diggs holding. Um, Jordan Lewis had got a tur- uh, Jordan Lewis got an interception just before the the end of the first half, and um, uh, Trayvon Diggs again, you know, just held on to the guy, grabbed his shirt, and was it was enough that it got the call as well. So that yeah. negated that. <coughs> I mean. Is there is was there a bright spot on defense at all, or was it just they they were on the pitch the whole time, so they were bound to get numbers like that? Michael Parsons, as simple yeah. as that. Michael Parsons was the bright spark. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Michael Parsons obviously didn't get the the memo that it was going to be a stinking day because he had a he had a great day. Um, mm-hmm. Like the lion is always hungry. I just wish the rest of his teammates were. Um, mm. Yeah, I, like um, I mean, even on the even even our our well-rounded uh, every week performers, like I mean, on the the forty-yard touchdown pass, um, Randy Gregory ends up running by Terry Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. If you remember the the, the highlight, um, Gregory engages too fast, too quick. And he's either shoved or he stumbles past Bridgewater. Bridgewater steps up in the pocket and throws the, the long bomb. So everybody, and I mean everybody except Parsons, was off. I mean, yeah. you'd, you'd expect Gregory to make that sack. And if he makes the sack, the touchdown doesn't happen and things don't unravel and it gives the offense less to do. Um, but like you say, Brian, it wasn't a great day on, on defense, but... I'm edging towards blame on the offense. To be perfectly honest, mm. I mean, you, you can't you can't put your defense out for 40 minutes of the game. It's not fair. Usually, if if you have to play 40 minutes on defense, it pretty much means you you could look at that stat and see you lost the game. And in this in this instance, yeah, that was absolutely correct. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I never thought I'd say, but I'm longing for tank. I long to get Tank Lawrence back in there, and thank God it's not going to be much longer. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're that, short. That's, 
Only by one. That's one thing. No, nobody was able to set the edge on the defence. I think, you know, Denver actually <coughs> caught us when, whenever they went outside. Invariably, we were we were running stunts, tack, end tackle stunts, and um, you know whoever was whoever was coming around the outside wasn't able to set the edge, and you know that was that was allowing them to 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 run the ball quite efficiently. Um, the other thing as well, I mean, yeah, we had all those tackles for loss, but I mean they all tended to be on first first down, made it second and long. The next play, they they ran a they ran a safe run. The next, uh, every, almost every time they ran a safe run. The next play, and got back into um, relatively easy yard easy yardage for third down. Which you know, this defense in the past has never, or this season in a way, has never given up yardage like it did um, this week. And there was the the play where you thought you had Javante Williams. Um, tackled for about a three-yard gain and then Quinn Miners comes uh, pulling off the line as well and knocks into would-be tacklers and springs uh, Williams free for another 13, 14 yards down the field. Um, you know, the, the guys just weren't to, as the game wore on and obviously they're getting tired and tired makes uh, tiredness makes cowards of you all. Um <laughs> You know, we we weren't taking the right angles for this, and it it almost looked like um you know Mike Nolan was calling the defense there, um you know and you 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 could actually say with the way our with those long passes to to Patrick um the the third receiver in there um you know that that wasn't picked up, and then there was one play where Jerry Judy lined up in the backfield. Starts to roll, starts to um, motion out one way, turns around, runs back, almost sort of um, Canadian football league style. You see him running back along the line, and then you know Van der Esch was meant to slid out to t- pick him up and didn't, and you know that gave him a nice fourteen-yard scamper down the line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it all just seemed to break down, and you know every, everything went wrong in the end. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, in this case of though that it can't get any worse than what it was surely this team can't play any worse than they did the other night oh I, th- I think they'll be read the riot uh, they'll have been read the riot act on, mm. on Monday when uh, when they've gone yeah. in for film session they'll have had their, grade, their grading sheets and I don't think anybody will have been much no. higher than a you, you Parsons might Parsons might get a passing grade. I think everybody else, offense and defense, will probably be um, a, a fairly negative grade. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, I don't know if you've seen the quote from Dan Quinn, but he was he was asked about um, his head coaching job with the Falcons we've got them coming up, and he basically said, uh, "This is no time for a trip down memory lane. We've got to fix." So um, he's not beating around the bush. He knows it was a, a rough week. And um, if I can just touch on Kellen Moore for a second as well, the, the Kellen Moore head coach job talk seems to have died down this week. I don't know if yeah. you guys have noticed. I'm, I'm still hearing talk about TCU, but I don't believe the TCU talk. He turned down his yeah. alma mater last, last summer. 
And if he's turning down his alma mater, he's not going to go to college football. So I would be of the opinion, and I know everyone loves to say, Jerry will pay him and Jerry will do this and Jerry will do that. I think he will go for a head coaching role this offseason. And if he doesn't get one this offseason, he'll get one next offseason. I agree with you, Brian, but performances like Sunday are not going to help. And you know that was... That was a that was a complete shutout until junk time, um, so he'll be wanting to cut them out as much as everybody else. You, you know what the one this season off season has to be though. It, it, it'll be the Cowboys job. There's like you say, just and that and that's and that's no that's no disrespect to to Mike McCarthy, but if he's turning down his alma mater, where. I mean, it's, it's, it was it's well known, obviously, that how much he loved the person, how much they wanted him, and the Cowboys, whatever they, whatever was said behind those closed doors to, to get him to come back and to sign a deal. I, I've said it all along. This is another Jason Garrett kind of thing for me that look stay around by the offensive coordinator, mold this mold this offense into what you want, and then we'll put you in the put you in the hot seat, and you and then you can steer this team. I. I think he's the next head coach. I, I say, I, I think he'll take interviews, maybe more so. Maybe, maybe so much force Jerry's hand a little bit more to say, well, look, teams are wanting me. I, I, I can't stick around for, I can't stick around forever. And like I say, that's no disrespect to Mike McCarthy, but I think you, you, you look at it in some ways. Like if, if, if the Cowboys value him that much, do they value him more than they value Mike McCarthy? Don't want to risk losing. Well, for Teddy Gallagher, there's, there's there's got to be some incentive there that he's going to get the Cowboys head coach position at some point. I think Graham. I think you made this point last week, and I think it's I think it's a valid point. Mike McCarthy is the head coach of this team. Everything goes through Mike McCarthy, and yet it's Dan Quinn is the is doing a great job on defense. Kellamore is doing a great job on offense, but when when the shit hits the fan and we lose, it's suddenly everything's McCarthy's fault. Yeah, McCarthy yeah. has yeah. got us six wins in a row, <clears throat> and you know does you know I I think this talk of Kellamore getting the job is bullshit because he hasn't proven it yet. Sunday is a prime example. His his offense, and this is what everyone has been trying to say all season. It's his offense, not Mike McCarthy's offense. Laid a fucking duck egg, absolute duck egg. And yeah, you can say the offensive line was shit. The receivers dropped the balls. Dak had a terrible game, and we couldn't up a hole, open up a hole for Zeke or Tony to run through. But that's on Kellen Moore, and that should be the knock on Kellen Moore is that. You, you can take all the praise you want about the offense putting being team 40 and 50 burger, but when the game is shit and when the offense is a shit game, it's on you as well. And that hasn't yeah. been the case with him. But I mean, just anything to... else you want to discuss before, before we move on? I think, I think on the back of that, I mean, you know, yes, he turned down the, the Boise State job, but he did. As soon as he, you know, it was announced that he turned it down. He announced that he'd re-signed for another three years. 
And then he still went off and interviewed for the Philadelphia job. So I think yes, he wants to stay in he wants to be an NFL head coach, but um I don't think you know there's anything that uh, Jerry said other than paying him to make sure he stays in the NFL. I don't think there's anything he said that's actually gonna keep him at the Cowboys and you know, yes, okay, the, the timing of everything is that he I think he's actually here. Um, as the offensive coordinator for as long as McCarthy is, and then maybe even an, an extra year after that. I think it's a five-year deal that he's on, and obviously McCarthy's only got four years left on his. So, you know, there is the talk of that. But um, I, th- I think, I, I think, you know, Jerry can't afford, Jerry can't afford to um, have somebody who like Wade Phillips was a very good defensive coordinator but never seemed to be able to handle the 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 additional requirements of being a head coach um you know he's got a proven head coach in McCarthy um you know and he's having to live by that um I don't think Jerry's ready to to go with another young young buck um completely untested um so I, 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 I don't see him being um you know McCarthy being fired at the end of the year if if we want to keep Kellen Moore I think Kellen Moore will be somewhere else no the the, yeah. the point I made it was it was either last week or a couple of weeks ago Brian that McCarthy and Kellen Moore are effectively handcuffed because Mm-hmm. Say say the Cowboys go go deep into the playoffs, right? It's it's McCarthy's yeah. team with Moore's offense, and yeah, yeah, you want to keep you want to keep them you want to keep them all. But why would you promote Moore to McCarthy to McCarthy's yeah. job when you've gone deep into the playoffs? Yeah. Just a for just a for instance. On the other hand. Say, say we do have a stinking year, and they decide to get rid of McCarthy. Well, half of the ball was ran by Kellen Moore, so mm. why would you keep Kellen Moore? Do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so yeah, I, I mean, and and the other thing, I think, <clears throat> I mean, you guys will know better. You guys are bigger college fans than I am. Um, I'm trying to think of the last college coach, head coach that transitioned into the NFL and went to the playoffs. Now, I think you think you think about yeah, Pete, did he go to the playoffs? Carroll, but not not immediately, but I mean in fact he no. had a he had a he had a failed um stint with who was it the Patriots he was New with England. To begin with. Yeah. Yeah, so but he went uh, back to he, USC after that. Yeah, and then came out to Seattle. So I think yeah. I think you know the the closest you've probably got is somebody like Jimmy Johnson, who took three years to get to the playoffs. Um, I don't think there's anybody, you know, Ur- Urban Meyer, obviously, who has a um, you know quite a storied career in college football, good and good and bad, as we're hearing about, but. Um, uh, you know, as soon as he's look at the hassles he's having this year, um, 
basically, I mean, any any job that you're going to that becomes available in the NFL or in college at the moment is because the team is failing and it will take a couple of years. You need to change the culture. You need to bring in your own players. Um, you, you, you're undoubtedly going to sort of tarnish your reputation a little bit by whatever job you go into, um, unless you suddenly, you know, you have a, a Herschel Walker style trade where you suddenly get so many draft picks for the next year or um, you, you suddenly bring in 12 blue chip players that suddenly, um, you know, boost your offense to, to the nth degree that um, you, you suddenly become a championship team. Um, yes, you get all these teams that go from worst to wor- worst to first. And look at uh, Stefanski last year with Cleveland. I mean, he turned them around. But um, it's that that's that's truly is tends to be a one off. I think that's 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 what I'm getting at really because <clears throat> if Kellamu went back to college and had a rotten year with a college team. He could he could effectively disappear back to the the coaching ranks, is what I'm saying. So, I think he's waiting on an NFL job. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you only have to look at the uh, it, the name of the guy escapes me, but he came he 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 left um, Oregon to go to the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. I mean, that's yeah. that's the prime example that I that I keep going back to the. Um, the transition is extremely difficult, and I think once once you cross the the divide, it's difficult. Um, I mean, obviously, because they're dealing with different things. That college are dealing with recruitment, NFL are dealing with the salary cap. So everybody's got their hindrances. Um, but for me, I think it's a I think it's a it's a NFL job that Cameron's waiting out for. Just but, just, I mean, just looking at the looking at the list, just. Who's made the successful jump? There's only two probably in recent history, and that's Pete Carroll was mentioned one, and then Jim Harbaugh who took, obviously took the, took the Niners to the to the Super Bowl. But apart from that, then you're looking back in the nineties. But and then just kind of you, you touched on Chip Kelly. It's a, it's a, such a hard transition that, and I think well, everyone's heard the name. If you look at arguably the greatest college coach of all time is is Nick Saban, isn't it? And, even he couldn't do it in the NFL and, and went yeah. back and he's won God knows how many national championships with LSU and, and Bama and she couldn't do it in the NFL and, and it's it, like I say there you go six in it so you, you can't don't always transition easy does it? Yeah I mean even, <laughs> even even if you look at someone like Urban Meyer who won what three national championships mm. and he's doing sweet F all with the with the Jaguars this season. And I mean, yeah, the Jaguars didn't start from a great place, but, you know, there hasn't been much signs of, of growth with the Jaguars this year either. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's early days, but I just, my original point was that if, if you go from one side to the other, especially if you're, t- if you're stepping back to college, if Kellen Moore has a bad couple of years, our team's going to be lining up to order, to offer him a coordinator job or even a head coaching job. I don't think so. I don't think so. So no. I think he's waiting for an NFL job. Yeah. But 
Well, folks, we're, we're 42 minutes into, into, the, into the show, and we can see from the lack of comments tonight that it's a very slow night, and people are, are, are kind of kind of depressed maybe about Sunday's performance but we did want to we did want to reminisce a little bit little bit you know today is I believe it's exactly seven years ago since the Dallas Cowboys played the Jacksonville Jaguars in Wembley Stadium Hell yeah. and we wanted to take a trip down memory lane so too, too long Two, yep. Seven years ago, too long ago. Something has to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so anyone who's watching in the US, and if you can do anything, please make sure you get our Dallas Cowboys back over here to this side of the pond, to UK, Ireland, or Germany, whichever it may be, and get a game back over here for us to all go to. But... We decided we were going to dedicate a bit of bit of time for this show about reminiscing about about the great day. And I mean, Jamie, I think you started it off this morning with posting up pictures from from the day itself. And you know, I think I think the group exploded with their pictures from the day. So, I mean, yourself and LDW, beloved Lauren. I mean, you guys organised almost everything for that week. So. You know, tell us a little bit about that week itself, and you know what your what your standout memories were from it. God, I think everybody's. I think the one thing everybody will probably say from that week is that we all needed a holiday after it. It was yeah. I think we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It was announced when it, it's, it's the Cowboys all over, and it is. No one does it like the Cowboys, and I think thinking back of it, and to be fair, the. Even now, the road team generally doesn't do anything. To, to, to the road team comes and um, just kind of comes in and goes right. Yeah, let's let's do whatever in terms of let's just go there and play the game and let's not do much. And it was literally, yeah. Did, well, we don't. We don't. We don't. We had a good. Relationship with the Cowboys media team anyway, and Derek got in touch. He was like, "Look, we want to do some shows out there. Can you kind of find somewhere that that allows us and get people involved?" And literally, it stemmed from there. I think the Cowboys did come in on the Tuesday that week, and then from the Wednesday there was shows called in the week over. He was picked off the top of my head over at Malibon. One of the nights, um, the cheerleaders that came over, they they got involved and they did some autographs and signs. All that kind of thing, and then it ended up with the the fan bash on the Saturday night, literally, um, at a bar on Piccadilly, and it was it literally there was that many Cowboys fans there. They had to close the doors because, and it ended up being Barry obviously brought a, a lot of his um his regulars over from the Cowboys experience, and ended up getting. I think it was Orlando Scandrick came, um, and then and then at some point, all of a sudden, Danny White turned up, and it was like, "What what's going on here?" And and I mean, things like that. The, the memories like that were amazing, and the the great thing about it was just how many fans has actually turned up into London. Because as we've all experienced that, with it, it's literally when there's teams there, it's 
let's just go Saturday and let's have a let's have a couple of days there. But literally, London was rammed with Cowboys fans for the week. It was insane. I, I, I lost track of how many how many people I um, I spoke to. That just that that's in the group, like I say, because there's that many people turned out. It, it was unreal. Yeah, I mean, Graham, you were you were also down during that week. So give us your own memories. Uh, I'll never forget it because I remember I I tried for so long to get the Saturday off work, and I couldn't do it. <clears throat> so I I actually travelled down from Glasgow on game day morning. Um, mm-hmm. I think we were uh, I think we were a six o'clock kickoff if I remember right, Jay, and. I left Glasgow just after eight in the morning, um, praying that the train wouldn't cancel. <laughs> because if it can't, if it was cancelled, I was in deep trouble. Uh, spared no expense. I stayed at the the Premier Inn in Wembley. Um, <laughs> checked in. Could I think it was the fastest check in in history? Uh, checked in Premier Inn. A great view of the stadium. Uh, literally just a quick look out the window and then threw my threw my bag down and was straight out to the Green Man. We took over the Green Man on game day, if you remember, oh, Jay. But the <laughs> ultimate the ultimate tragedy was I never got to meet Mr. Jamie Smith on the day. We never met Jay. No, don't, you probably probably don't remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was Lauren that gave me my, my ticket on the day and I was actually uh, sat just one seat in front of Lauren, so it was a great, it was a great day. But I can't believe I never got to meet Jay on the day. Um, but we took over that Green Man pub, Jay. It was incredible. Got it. Yeah, like Jason, just there was that many people there. Like the, the picture, I think today the, the picture that's posted in the group this morning doesn't do mm-hmm. justice to how many no. cowboys were in the pub that day because that was just a handful yeah. of them. There were loads of people. I can remember. Um, Lauren was going like, she, she, we need to get a, we need to get a group photo, and we was literally running around the pub, and anybody in the cowboy show like, look, yeah. we need a photo, and people were coming back, and they were like, we, we didn't get in the photo, it was like, we just couldn't know everybody, but I think one of the one of the other outstanding memories of it is obviously the cowboys won, but I think just how much the kind of the media team as well kind of embraced it all in terms of. I mean, they, they obviously they, they knew about the fan base and how, how passionate it was over here, but it was literally like after they did the live shows every night, they'd stay back and they'd have a drink with everybody. Um, not to name one of them, but one of them stayed the whole night and they, they went off to do, they went off to do a, I think they went off to wait the Tower of London didn't they, to do something. One of them ended up staying back and it was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay here. People have come out and stayed. Um, and was in the pub in a with a football team's mug, drinking beer out of this mug, and then all of a sudden, this this event had finished at, um, at Tower London, and all the media team ended up coming back. Um, it was it was insane, like literally just um, yeah. And I think one of the one of the comments that was given to us after the after the game was that of all the Americans that came over, not just the, the media team, but the, the American fans that actually made across the pond, 
was just amazed at how loud the national anthem was sung because like they, they said that it's something that's not really done over there yeah there's parts of their national anthem that the, the, the fans will cheer through and things and they were just like literally they said that it was hairs on the back of the neck yeah listening to a, a crowd a stadium full and i think correct me if i'm wrong um any you three but i think that was the that's the only time that since the end since the international games have come over here and played regular season games that that crowd was the first time that it was literally a 50-50 split crowd. Normally you'll get people who will cheer on just good players in other games, but this was literally, it was Cowboys fans and everybody that despised the Cowboys. It was like, it, it was a split crowd. It was, yeah. No, yeah. no, it was yeah. you wanted the Cowboys to win or you wanted the Cowboys to lose. It, it was like, yeah, it was a tie. It was yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, the, the Cowboys group that day was, um, it was on the bottom tier. Mm. Was it section one oh six? I think it was. It was. It was just towards. It was towards one of the end zones. Yeah, and I'll never touchdown at the start, wasn't it? I'll never forget because it, it was one of those. Like like Jay saying, it was one of those marmite fans. You were either a Cowboys <laughs> fan or not a Cowboys fan. And we reveled in it. We, you know, the particularly our section. I mean, it, obviously there were Cowboys fans all, all over the stadium, um, but it was a group effort to team up against the Cowboys. So, you know, that kind of it just felt like an underdog situation, and that that brought us out as well. Like we realised we were in a game here. Um, yeah. And I, I, it was just it was it was amazing to see. Um, I'll never forget the Des touchdown. Uh, it happened on the other side of the field to us. It was a shame, but um, I'll never forget I'll, that touchdown in particular. And um, I think I think we had we had Jaguars' relatives in front of us, and you know they they were expecting a full on Jags home game, and I think we ruined it for them a little bit because they obviously realised really quickly that they were stuck in a cowboy section, so. They, they they piped down a little bit to, <laughs> to the first quarter. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that you've just made a comment and and it, it completely slipped my mind. And we're good friends with her. And and actually, when me when me and Lana went out to, to we went out to Texas about two years later to watch the Cowboys, and and she and this the particular woman made sure she was like, look. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be the game. Make sure you come and see us. And we went off to the Cowboys Experience thing, and she waited at the hot office. I think I can't think it was the second or the third night, and this this lady came downstairs, an American lady, and she was like, "I'm here for the the the, one of the, sh the live show." We're like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's the due on in about half an hour or something like that." We're like, just just grab a just grab a table. She's like, "Is anywhere to get anywhere to get something to eat?" Like, yeah, the the the, the bar does, does food and stuff. And we're like, "Oh." Um, are you a Cowboys fan or are you, are you just a general f a fan in general? She's like, my son plays. And we're like, oh, does he? Uh, like, thinking she meant like he plays for like a team, like a semi-pro team. She's like, I'm not sure my son's on the Cowboys roster. And we were like, what? And we're like, and she's like, oh, yeah, shit. And it was, it was Keith Smith's mum. And it was like, <laughs> he played special teams and he played linebacker. <laughs> and like literally yeah. she came out every night and 
I think Brian Boris was officially given the nickname of Mama Smith and like <laughs> made in touch ever since and it was just like and it was it was yeah and I think even Kevin Cadle um Darren God bless his soul um yeah even even turned up one night he, he came down and, and the guy got him on, on the show like I say just talk about it, it brings back all these memories and it's like it's words are just it's, it's hard to describe like saying it's it like I said I was lucky enough to go to the States two years later to watch the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium but there was there was so much special about watching the Cowboys in our own backyard yeah words just can't describe like I say just because there was that many people that came to London and the group was thriving as it as it, as it was it at the, at the time and I think it, I think that did the group even more of a, a justice in terms of everyone because not not everyone goes to all the games like the the, the London games because sometimes it's just like with a cup of tea sometimes because it is a lot of money in it and not a lot of people want to go to London to watch maybe two crappy teams so we we always we always do do meet we always do meetups at the London games but like literally every even people who unfortunately couldn't get tickets for the game, still made the trip to London and was like, look, there's going to be Cowboys fans here. There's going to be Cowboys fans in the group. I'll just go down and I'll just go to, to some of the shows. And yeah, and like I say, I, I think it made, it made the group even stronger than it is. Yeah. I mean, everybody that's been to a game at Wembley or, or, or Tottenham, they're, they're great. They're great spectacles. I mean, even if it's, even if it is two lower end teams, they are still good to go because they may be lower end, but they're still top of the profession. They are, they are, they are effectively yeah. the best players in the world. Even if they're ranked thirty first and thirty second, they are the best players in the world. So, um, but when it's your team, it just it's so much better. I mean, it, like I, I I love going to the NFL, but when the see when the Cowboys were involved, you you, yeah. you bought into it so much more. Like you. You realised it was third down. You you got up off your feet and you weren't just quite happy to watch good football. You had something invested in the game, and it's a shame that we haven't been been back since because seven seven years is a long time. But we might you never know. We might get our chance. This is what the seventeenth game is all about. Everybody's due an international game now. I mean, there's yep. there's huge potential around. Um, like. My dad, in particular, he's he's checking the fixtures every single time they come out now because um, the Packers are the only team not to have played in London, and they've, yeah. they've effectively brought in the 17th game to be an international spectacle sooner or later. So, um, <laughs> I mean, knowing his luck, they'll send the Packers to Mexico or Canada or somewhere. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, it was it was a special special day, and um, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. I think even on it, even even the, I think the Saturday night thing as well on it. Um, and, and if memory serves me right, Saturday it absolutely b- bounced it down, and I mean the weather was horrendous. Um, mm. and there's a video flying around, and like they would people who because it, it, it ended up being a ticketed event for this bar, and literally the queue was down the, the road. It was, I think it went right on, it went right out onto. On to pick another because it, it was insane to the point where Brian Broadus went out with an umbrella and he was talking to people and trying to get 
people were just hyped and like mm-hmm. there was stuff planned. Like I said that there was there was the there was the live show and there was um, a raffle done because it, obviously it, it was Memorial Weekend as well. Um, but it just like yeah. like I said, Orlando Scandrick just just turned up, Barry got him to, to come out. I mean, get him to come down. And like it, we, we were walking around, me and Laura walking around and we were talking to people and. I can't remember who made the comment, and I said Danny White turned up at one point. It was that the fact that um, one of the bouncers came and was like, some guy outside adamant that he, he should be let in and he's not got a ticket. And we're like, what's at the door? And it was Danny White and his, his agent. And we're like, oh no, he's, he's, he's a guest. He, he's come to be on the show and he, he needs to let him in and all this kind of stuff. And then people were leaving, like, and they were going, why didn't you tell us Danny White was coming? We were like, we didn't know Danny White was coming. We we knew Danny White was coming when Danny White was stood outside of the door, and we were like, <laughs> even and everybody will know. Anybody who's a Cowboys fan will know. Mrs. Price, everyone knows that she's she's up there every game. She's well known within the Cowboys circle. Like she coming in, she was giving all. The, I think someone's posted in the group. Today, one of the chants he got her to check screen Tony Romo, and she's famous for all these chants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said literally anybody who was anybody came over, and it's uh, yeah. And now you see a lot more stuff being done by NFL UK, and, and that's just that's got to be that's down to what the Cowboys media were, were willing to do. And like I say, because away teams never really do. What like I say, they sent the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders over and. The, the road teams never do anything like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jamie, I've, I've, I've two questions for you. How much Jaeger did you drink that week? <laughs> and how many pictures did you get with the cheerleaders? Oh, have you seen, I bet you've seen my comment in the group this morning, this afternoon. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of Jaeger, if I said we drunk London Dry, I probably won't, we probably won't be lying. We, we literally... I think, I think the Cowboys flew in on Tuesday. Did they fly on Tuesday? And they, yeah. they did a training. Yeah. They, did some, they did some at Wembley. Um, it's a reflection that he's struggling to remember how much yeah. he had. So we're <laughs> on to a decent amount of folks. Strap yourselves in. I mean, I can remember I, Lauren, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't admitted how many pictures he had with the cheerleaders. I see. What do you think? But I think, yeah, I think... We did some on the Tuesday. Lauren and Dan and Dan Turner went to to Wembley to see it, and I, I think I went down. I came down when Wednesday afternoon and met them because the Cowboys were training out at Saracens, and we were lucky we were lucky enough to get some media passes. Um, and like literally, and then from from the Wednesday night, we 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 hit it. I think there's actually, and I know I'm blagging on here, but funny story when we went to Texas two two years after Dan Turner played me a clipping. A, in Lauren's auntie's car, Lauren's auntie picked, picked us up from the star and took us to a pub. And it was it was one of the nights, and I can't remember, it was one of the shows, and they said, would, would we ring in? So we could let people out in the States know how it was going on. And it was just, it become one of these recurring things that we would just go to this bar, we would just drink. And like mm. people like Eatman and Derek would have a drink. Um, Brian Broaders, Dave Elm, and everybody would were drinking with us, and we rung this. And I think we were having a conversation. We'd gone outside. Me and Lauren had gone outside with with Derek and Nick Eatman, and they were like, "What are you doing?" We're like, it was Josh Ellis when he did the shows. Yeah, and he was yeah. like, 
were like, oh, ringing. He was like, oh, let us have the phone. And it got to the point they had to turn the, the media mute onto mute because we were just talking absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> I think one of the comments, you know he never... He knew we he knew we knew how to drink, but he didn't realise how much we knew in how much we drunk because we just drunk. I think at one point we were at the bar, we just ordered it. We we ordered there were a bar upstairs on the Saturday night and we ordered we must have ordered about twenty shots of Jaeger and he's like, What what's going on? And we're like, shit. But the only pictures I've got with DCC was on the Wednesday night, I think it was. I didn't get pictures with him in the uniform on the Saturday. They came to the pub. They don't. They don't. I don't know if they've gone to. I don't know if they've gone to see a show or some some along their lines. Anyway, they, they they were in there. They were in the normal gear, and they came through the thing. They had, they had the tables in the corner, and they, they were there. And fair play to them. They were there. They took pic, They were there taking pictures and autographs all night. And that's the only picture I had all week, all weekend with them. And there's pictures flying around. I think Steve Sherlock's put some in the group. Dan's put some in the group, and Scott Averill's put some in the group. And I'm like, mm. was the one thing I didn't do that weekend. I didn't get a picture of him in the DCC outfit. So yeah, I never managed to get down that week. I I'd literally had got tickets. I ended up um, changing jobs around the same time, so I'd handed my notice in and my all my leave got cancelled so um you know i had to end up selling the ticket but i mean i remember you know getting the train home and i was i had um you know all the podcasts open watching the live shows um watching uh josh ellis and i think it was rob phillips who was doing it at the time and they were back in the swbc mortgage studios and you guys phoning off and you know, they're like, God, we're going to have to shut this down because the noise was... <laughs> there was a lot of inebriated people talking on the on the, the phone. And, uh, but, I, I mean, you've got to think that weekend as well, that was the that was the week that they um, they also started the career for F.A. Obada. He was... He, was, he got the tryout yeah. with the Cowboys and then signed with them. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, you know, what... What team would he have gone to? First of all, I don't know, but um, uh, would he still be in the NFL at the moment? Because um, I think Marinelli did a hell of a lot for his career, he, even though he never panned out for us. I think he did a hell of a lot bringing him along and getting him in the position where he went to mm. other teams. And again, that just gives the NFL UK and the International Player Pathway Program a, a lot of exposure as a result of that. That um, you know, you don't just have these um, guys that are trying to convert from rugby or whatever and make a name for themselves. And, uh, you know, it, there's all this buzz about them coming in and it never pans out. But, you know, obviously, uh, F.A. Obada has been a, a real gem and that's been found. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I can, I can remember watching all those shows and going, God, I wish I'd, you know, if it had just been another week or so before I'd handed notice in, but I was in a dead-end job at that point in time and I was um, I was just wanting the hell out of that job. So, um, you know, <laughs> it was worth it in some respects, but uh, yeah, I would have loved to have been down there because I'd be quite a few, uh, I mean, one, one of my best, trips um 
not to the States, but was coming across to Croke Park in 97 for um, the the Bears-Steelers uh, game. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we'd, we'd played the Steelers in the Super, uh, Super Bowl 30 the year year and a half before or so. And uh, I I get get off the plane and they're saying, oh, yeah, I think the, the Bears are staying in your the bears are staying in your hotel and it's like right okay so i'll be all right wearing my cowboy shirt and i walk in and, <laughs> and there's i walk in and everybody's wearing Steelers shirts everybody in the hotel Steelers, yeah. and i'm yeah, like yeah. oh god you know but no they they were really good about it and then the next morning i'm still wearing my cowboys gear and i get in the left and there's bill cower you know so um just that sort of access that you get at these these events um you know it's just incredible and you know yeah let's bring the cowboys back and wouldn't it be great graham if it was the cowboys versus the packers next year oh i think one thing's guaranteeing it when they come back it, we're, we're, it, we're gonna end up having some exactly the same hour it's just gonna be a week of absolute mm-hmm. carnage yeah but i think just I say when I said it, it probably helped the, the group get a bit more closer than it, it already was. I mean, in terms of like looking at some, like some of the American, some of the people from the American side that came over, um, and just speaking, like I say, we had we, Paul came on didn't he? And we know Paul's out there at the minute. Um, yeah, he, he he rung in while we were off air, and he's gone and met up with Annette and and some of the some of her friends, and we met we met Annette. When she came over for the game, every, everyone knows in the group Lloyd Wheeler. I, I've had yeah. Lloyd up at my house. Um, Lloyd, when I went when I went out to Texas, he um, he he come and met me at the airport, and I know um, there's there's a few people from down south, Cowboys fans, um, who have um, have had Lloyd stay with them. Um, mm-hmm. Like you're saying, it's just it's helped build that relationship. Right? I'm saying a lot of people now, um, so even like this way, what everyone's going through at the minute, like everyone's being able to keep in touch because of the social media side of things. So it's, it's helped to grow the group. And like I'm saying, I think we'll see a lot more Americans come over. And now everyone knows that when you go over, if you say that you're a UK, you're a UK fan. Like literally, just they take you instantaneously and want to show you the ropes. So, guys, I've gone. God forbid it's not another seven years. That's all I say. It's next year, and, between, <laughs> and like, like you say, well, you, you sadly missed out last time. And I'm guessing, by did you did you not manage to get over for it either? So I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you. I I've been working abroad for a couple of years prior to that, and I kind of fallen out of love with American football. But it was. It was 2014 that brought me back to to the Cowboys, and it was that game, and then the Dez Cordic game. Those were those were the two moments that brought me back because it was later that season yeah. when we had when we had that infamous no catch, and then I think like that somehow I got in, I managed to get in contact with yourself and and Lauren through through this group, and like that. That, that's where my love came back for the Cowboys. Because being here in Ireland, Ireland is it's Chicago Bears, Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots, New York Giants. 
they're the teams here in Ireland. Cowboys don't exist. You know, yeah. and I mean, I think we see that in our own group in terms of there's very few Irish members in the group itself. And that was what brought my love back. And it was, you know, I think I think the thing that came out of this most of all was the friendships. As you guys said, you know, Lloyd, Annette, the guys in the Dallas Cowboys media team itself. And then, like that, me meeting you guys and, you know, Graham meeting Lauren and stuff like that. I mean, that's what it was all about for, for me. Yeah, like I say, you know, stuff with so come back and like, because I can't you, wait you for the next time it happens and roll on. Yeah. I said, unfortunately, you guys obviously missed that last time, and there'll be plenty more in the group. So, like I say, fingers crossed for everybody who missed out the first time. Um, but just going back from the, the experience that we had in 2014, that if you, mm. yeah, it's disheartening not being able to get a ticket, but just. Just make your way down to London, because eh? because yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure someone will be in the pipeline that if the Cowboys give the nod to say, "Yeah, we're coming over," it, and even if it's not, even if it's not as much as it was, like saying, if the, if the media team unfortunately don't come over for the full week like they did last time, I'm sure they'll be piss ups arranged every single night yeah. a week. I mean, we all just go down and we just have a big group yeah. catch up and talk about yeah. how we yeah. won the Super Bowl this year and how we're coming over to defend this title. <laughs> I mean, just just to touch on if there's if there's newer if there's newer fans watching the show tonight, um, I mean, send in your comments, folks. We haven't had that many comments. I know it's I know it was a rough week, but we're on the ascendancy again. We're talking good stuff now. But just yeah. to to touch on why the Cowboys. I've only played once in London. When you consider that so many other teams have played multiple times, I mean, think how many, think how many times. Obviously, the Jags have an affiliation. Think how many times the Buccaneers have been over, or the Rams, or you know, teams that have played multiple times. For me, the simple, the simple reason why the Cowboys haven't been over is one: it, the Cowboys will lose a hell of a lot of money when they give up a home game. That's that's. I mean, money talks, we all know that. So that's that's rule number one. But yeah. for me, the second one is that the Cowboys obviously travel well. So if you've got if you've got issues filling out your stadium, you're not going to give up the Cowboys game because you know you'll sell out that game. So teams are not going to give up a home game against the Cowboys because they know they're going to fill the stadium in the US. I mean, I'm not sure the circumstance of why the Jaggers agreed to to bring the Cowboys over, but um, I'm just thankful they did. But that's that to my, for me, that's my understanding of why we've only seen the Cowboys once. It's also a reason why we haven't seen the Packers, because the Packers mm. rely on on home attendance, because obviously because they're fan owned and obviously they travel well, so nobody's going to give up a Packers uh, visit. So that's basically that's my understanding of it. I mean, I don't. I mean, do you guys agree that that's it's basically down to yeah. money and attendance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah. 100%. Mm, I think there were, I think one of the, 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 the rumours swirling the, the first time, one of the, the, the cat that Jerry wanted to take the Cowboys to Mexico, didn't he? Because he knew the Cowboys have got a huge fan base over there. And yeah. There's obviously been a lot of negotiations. and um, But I think it'll force the Anderson money because I'm, 
like I say, now there's the extra game a season. But I think there's some kind of agreement that I don't know if it's is it going to go on a kind of a, like a rolling thing how the, the schedule yeah. works eventually yeah. come back over. But like I say, just yeah. it's it's one of the things in it. Like I say, when you've got teams like, like I say, you you obviously know G where you your dad being a, a Packers fan that how how big their fan base is that when you've got a team that sells out every single home game and that it's it's their biggest road game. It's that mm. things like that to, to cross the pond in it. Yeah. So when <laughs> a couple of years ago I was lucky enough to make it over to Lambo. Um it was just a shame that I went to watch Matt Castle because that, that was the year that was that was the year that Tony Romo broke his collarbone. Um mm. so oh. I ended up watching Matt Castle and Darren McFadden with a hint of Des Bryant. Um but oh. it was, I mean it's just simply to, I mean, to put it into money, monetary terms, we were looking on on uh, Ticketmaster and StubHub and SeatGeek and so on. And guess who the most expensive home game for the Packers was that year? It was the Cowboys. Yeah, it was yeah. the Cowboys. Simply because, um, I mean, we're, we're talking to um, a couple of guys uh, that we sat sat next to at the game, and they were basically saying that the the guys we bought the seats from. They sell two home games a year, and that pays for their season ticket. Wow! So they basically sell the biggest, the two biggest home games, and they get the other six for free. That's how that's how much these tickets go for on on these yeah. secondary tickets. I mean, I think it's disgusting. I think it's disgusting that fans can make profit yeah. and charge other fans for that. But hey ho, that's the world we live in. Unfortunately, yeah. I'd seen I'd seen a documentary. Um, a few years ago, and um, it, it, it followed a couple of Cowboys fans around the last year at Texas Stadium, um, mm -hmm. and obviously then they moved to 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 AT and Stadium. Um, and one of the guys on there, he he was like, he, he's always the one of the things he goes to Cowboys. He said he always wants to go to Lambo, and it made me when you said about going to Lambo, it made me think of it, and it was like it. it it's one of them old school stadiums. It looks like one of them old school stadiums. And it also, it's like, it's like it's smack, mag, smack bang in the middle of an housing estate. And it yeah. was like, what is? I think one of the guys, yeah. I'm like, he, he was, he was he, he'd have tailgates like at the end of, at the end of his uh, garden. And then he'd just jump over the fence and he'd go straight into Lambeau Field. It was like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a street called Shadow Lane. And houses on Shadow Lane sell for four times the value because you can see Lambeau Field from the garden. Wow. So you've got, Lambeau, you've got Lambeau Field, Shadow Lane runs along there, and the houses sell for four times the value because of where they, because of where they sit. You know Incredible. I think the main thing we need to know is then, because clearly if you went to Lambeau, you went with your, your dad. How much did you do after that game? Well, it was. It was. I mean, to be fair to the Packers fans, they were good. They, they you know, they, I think they realised. I think they realised we were a wounded animal, <laughs> basically, <laughs> with with Matt Castle. Um, but going back to going back to what I was saying about sitting at, at, in London with your team playing. Um, I mean, you'll you'll know, Jay. See when see when your team is on third down and defence. I could. My dad said something to me, and I could barely hear him. And he's mm. the guy sitting right next to me. I can. I can barely hear him. So, um, 
next next time if the, if the team come back to London, everybody who's a Cowboys fan should try and get tickets for it because it's it's levels above your 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 average two NFL teams. It means because it means so much more to you. Um, that's that in my opinion, that's what's holding London back and the expansion. They need they need somebody to move here. See if they could get somebody to move here and play eight home games. I think personally, for me, I think it would take off. I think it would take off. I mean, see, it, when you when you consider the situation in somewhere like LA, you've got teams bouncing in and out of it. Um, yeah. If if they could get somebody to commit, take the jump. I know there's all sorts of um, visa issues and salary cap issues and salary issues behind it, but if they could get somebody to to move here, that would that would be a huge step. And if they could get sixty thousand home fans, um, it would be colossal. But somebody's got to make the jump, and nobody's done it yet. The, the, this this might be a stupid question. I'll throw it to, throw it out to you for it only because um, when there was the, the there was a big knife rumor at one point where they were going to get a team over here permanently, and they were asking fans at the games, "Would you switch allegiances?" Quite a, few, quite a few people said they would switch allegiances, not just Cowboys fans, but they were interviewing anybody, and a lot of said they would switch allegiances. Now, I, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, I've this is come come December, this will be 42 years I've followed the team. Wow. Um, you know, so I mean, not, not harping on, but the first game I went to was Staubach's last regular season game. Uh, against the Reds, uh, against what was the Redskins, um, yeah. you know the one, the one that you see on, um, you see on all the NFL films of bringing back and throwing to Tony Hill in the uh, in the uh, fade fade route in the end zone uh, with forty two seconds left in the game. That 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 was my first experience. Um, Typically, my last experience is very similar to Graham. Um, when I graduated from university, I got to spend 11 days in Dallas. It was 1998, and, um, you know, Aikman had gone down the week before, so oh, I, got to see Jason, oh. I got to see Jason Garrett versus Jeff George. Oh. <laughs> and, it, and, and, you know, the, the final score was 13-12. <laughs> Um, in fact, wait a minute. What was what was the scoring on that? Because I know Emmett, Emmett scored the touchdown, and that was probably the yeah. high point of it. Um, well, 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 Lauren's looking that up. I don't think anybody, anybody, any of us certainly in, in the in the UK Cowboys team would switch. No chance. But my my reply to that question is: Didn't Tennessee have fans of other teams? Didn't St. Louis have fans of other teams? Didn't Las Vegas have fans of other teams? And so on and so on and so on. So it does happen. And, you know, like if if, if you're a group of young young guys like, and, you, and you, go to, you go to the same school and you eventually start to talk about the same things and the same, the same team and so on, I don't think that – I don't think – America has the same kind of loyalties as we do. Um, I mean, like, I've seen people move to different cities and support the city they live in. 
simply because if you don't, you might see your team, well, once every four years, whereas yep. you could, you could, you know, you could get, you could get a season ticket to your local team. I mean, that's not, that's not glory hunting effectively. It's, you are, you are, maybe you've moved there for work or your spouse has moved there for work and, um, I mean, how often have we seen stories on Twitter that one team is what somebody has had a particularly bad week with their team and they've they've changed their their Twitter handle, they've gone to the pro shop and bought out the <laughs> brought out the starting quarterback's jersey and they've they've switched just on a dime. Oh, we've seen it multiple times, Brian. I could I could show you. I mean, we we know I'm one guy in particular. In I, won't, particular. I, I won't bring up his name, but we know him all in particular. <laughs> He changes teams every time the wind changes. Um, this is I the guy who wears the the, the 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 quarter jersey, isn't it? The 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 <laughs> Dallas, that happens more than you the, think. The, the Dallas the Dallas Redskins, the Dallas Giant Redskin Eagles. I mean, certainly, certainly for for me in particular, um, I I remember very very clearly at the the Cowboys game, um, a guy with a Jets hat and a giant shirt. You know that's that's effectively New York. That you can see where he got his connection there. Obviously, people have bought him things. I don't see why you would wear Jets and Giants, other than people bringing back souvenirs and so on from trips they've made to New York and so on. So, mm-hmm. you know, that could it could be as easy as that. That you you know you you get something brought back or you move or. Um, but certainly none of none of the UK Cowboys team, the podcast team, would change. Absolutely not. No. I can remember someone asking. I can remember someone asking me. Um, I think we were down at, down at Wembley for one, for one of the other games, and and I just, I just came out with. I probably go watch him quite a bit, just like I say, because it's in our, our backyard and we can go watch him, and it's it's a lot more convenient than going to. Out to the states to um, to watch it, but I was like, I'd be like every other team. I I, I, dis- I I despise them because they're because they're an opponent to us, and the only time I would really care about their results is if it if it helped the Cowboys get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that what if a team was to move here, what you would see as it would get stronger and stronger year by year because you wouldn't see like you wouldn't see 32 NFL teams in the shop mm. you would see the home team and the home team would get so much more coverage on BBC ITV Sky mm. um and with the salary cap they they would you, you would think they would get better sooner or later and yeah. as the game grew if I was starting at ground zero and a team moved here and I got into the game, I would certainly pick that team up, you know, because that's the team you would you would see most. But like you're saying, for, for most fans here, I don't think there would be some switching, but I don't think it'd be a great deal. I mean, if you were if you were on the fence to begin with, maybe, but if you years invested like we do, you wouldn't because that's that's where your enjoyment comes from. It's the down years. And then you hit your peak, and that's where you get the proper year. Guys that bounce about from team to team, you don't have any downs. So how can you appreciate the highs? Um, I think I think one of the the things I think we've all I think we've we've, we've all 
discuss this. I know me and Lauren used to discuss this back in the day, and we've discussed it multiple times in the admin group. Is that yeah, I can understand them pushing for like you say, like towards the Jags kind of thing, and it's like then that's the one team for for the UK. But just look look at how much hard work it is going to. to I keep it, having somewhere a, a, a hub, so to speak. But we'll, we'll speak about us, like for the for Cowboys fans at this side of the this side of the world to be able to interact with each other and and have meetups and stuff. And then the, the one worry would be that NFL UK would just completely push that aside and do you know what I mean? And I kind of forget about the, the rest of because you know what I mean the fact all the fan bases have worked hard to to. Get the name out there and, and locate other fans. Like, say, I think there's, and I think there's a guy. Kevin, apologies. There's a guy in the group. Because everyone posted stuff about it being seven years since the Cowboys came over. He was like, I've been to the game since, since I've only just recently found the group. So it's like, it's fans for the of these teams that eventually get to find the, the somewhere where they can go and they can speak to people who of the same team. This is where sometimes. If if you agree, like NFL UK fall by the wayside. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got to watch it in some terms of some of the content that's put out. I'm not saying it's, it's by coming by say, but it's you, you you do it from a fan's perspective, don't you? Rather than a PR perspective, but yeah. oh, they could come out and it's like somewhere on on the on the coverage before a game, before the, the game we have live here. Yeah, it could be right. These the like. Lions fans, you've got a fan group out there. If you're not aware, this is who you. Go, this is where you go to. Um, mm. That kind of thing. Do you know what I mean, it's like, yeah, focus on that, but also focus on the fan base that's been built. And like, like Lawrence said, Lawrence fought, supported the Cowboys for 42 years. Do you know what I mean, and I'm sure there's plenty more in the UK that's supported the Cowboys or even other teams for just as long. And it's like, what about the people that were into NFL before NFL really was a thing over here? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Brian, if you if you could bring up uh, DJ Dog's second last comment about franchise teams moving, yeah, that one. Um, you yeah. only have to look at the the Cleveland Browns back in the day. They yeah. moved to Baltimore in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, there was no press was around that not it. Was, no, no, the Browns, the, the Cleveland Browns, Browns. up in okay, Baltimore. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and. They did it in the middle of the night. There was no press. They took all the banners down from the stadium. They packed up all their gear and they left via planes, buses, and that was it. And yeah. to, count the, to, to go against my point, the Cleveland fan base basically said, no, we are Browns. There is no way we are becoming Baltimore Ravens. We are the Cleveland Browns and we want our team back. To me, that's rare. That's that's. Yeah. That's very, very rare. So that's why the Cleveland Browns are an expansion, well, an expansion team. But yeah. the, the fan base stuck with it and said, "There's, we are not following this team to Baltimore. They are dead to us. We want the Cleveland Browns back." And I mean, to like to touch on Jamie's point. Uh, I mean, I've I, I'm on record as saying this. Like, I mean, I'm here in Ireland. Don't know any other Cowboys fan in the country. I've met a few since, but like it was, it was 2014, seeing, seeing, seeing the guys at Wembley and finding, somehow finding the UK Cowboys fan club. Like, you know, I, I suddenly had someone I could talk to and my love for the game, re, you know, blossomed again. 
Do you know what I mean? Before that, I mean, I was, you know, I was on my own. I had friends yeah. who support the Packers. I had friends who support the 49ers, you know. I no one talked about the, the Cowboys. And that's no. that's the great thing about this group. And, you know, it's the same for every other fan group. And it's great. It's great to have it. And but, just as, as we're talking about there, DJ Dog brings up the point, and this is... Back in 80, I think it was 83 or so, Baltimore also mm. moved. They literally, I think it was middle of the off-season, but they literally, you know, yeah. one day, uh, the first the press knew about it was that, again, they were, they, you know, all the, all these trucks were moving out of the, the team headquarters and moving straight, to Bal- uh, moving straight to Indianapolis. So, you know, <laughs> Balt- Baltimore seemed to have been on both ends of that. That you know they, yeah. they stole a t- yeah. they stole a team they lost a team so um, yeah but any team that sets up here I think you're going to need you're going to need long term um, commitment because I mean yeah. the, the problem at, the problem that they had with NFL Europe yes okay you had a lot of people who were NFL purists at the time and said oh I'm not coming to watch guys yeah. that are struggling to make the roster but yeah i've seen that firsthand yeah 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 and you know they were getting relatively good obviously they were getting the 30 40 000 in the in frankfurt and dusseldorf and what have you if you if you look at the attendances that they were getting at claymore's games they were getting almost out out with rangers and celtic games you were getting 12 16 000 on average that, yep. that would that would that would rival any of the premier uh, Premier League uh, matches in Scotland, um, but that wasn't enough for them. And um, you know, I, I've got fond memories of that time as well. I've, I've I'm on the front cover of a, a book that's available worldwide um, because of that. Um, I won't I won't link it here, but um, I'll let come you on, Lord, shameless plug. Out. Uh, it's a book by Lars Anderson called The Proving Ground, uh, mm-hmm. a season on the fringe in the NFL. Uh, there we go. And So I'm on the front cover of that. I'll let you try and work out which one I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Had you hair? I did at that point in time. Yes, I did. But, but just, what, just uh, to Lauren's point, though, I, I remember the 96 season, Lauren. I don't know if you were a season ticket holder, but I was, oh, I was I, a season ticket yeah, holder. Basically, because it was, it was like twenty quid for kids, and my, my my dad took me and my brother along. But I remember going through to Murrayfield. I think was it six home games. I think yeah. it was six home games. Oh, five home, five home games in the World Bowl. That's right. So it was a ten game season. Like Lauren was saying, you had ten, nine, eleven, ten, nine, eleven. See when we see when the World Bowl was played in Murrayfield, forty thousand. Forty thousand, and I'll never forget it. Um, but it just it just shows that they didn't buy in because it was it was free agents we were watching. Basically, it was a, it was a way to get back into the NFL. And you just wonder, you know, if if the fan base had stuck with it. I mean, the Claymore's expired long before the NFL <laughs> before the the NFL Europe expired. But it was basically Germany. It was. I think. It, I think it finished up with Germany and Amsterdam. With Barcelona still in it as well. Yeah. Lauren, can yeah. you remember? I think it yeah, finished I mean, up. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. The London Monarchs died well before, long before we did. But yeah. let's let's oh, let's, they, let's just as, remember as soon that. As, as, it, as soon as they went to Eng- it, it became the England Monarchs. And oh yes, uh-huh. yeah. different like that. that. I'm not going to a team called them, London. But... <laughs> 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 so, so Lord, you're saying you were the Y? No, I wasn't. I was the C. <laughs> The sea, hold on now. What, what's the name of this book again, Lon? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Proving Ground by Lars so you Anderson. Did have hair. I did have hair. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. So if I was if I was to go around the house and just kind of ask each of you, if if you were allowed to pick a game that the Cowboys had to play here. In the UK or in Ireland, oh. what is your dream game? Who would you this want could, to see the Cowboys play? This could take a while. <laughs> um, I have to. I, 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 I don't know why it's taking me so long. It would have to be the Packers. Yeah. It would have to be Cowboys Packers. I don't think my dad would ever forgive me if I brought another <laughs> team over. It would have to be Cowboys <laughs> Packers, um, simply because it's NFC East. They're so well followed. It would be a yeah. sellout. Tickets would be sold on the black market for hundreds of pounds. It'd be mm. two cracking teams because they always are. They're always there or thereabouts. Yeah. The two teams. Um, I would hit. Yeah. I would not. I would not want a landslide shutout game, um, yeah. simply because. I mean, Jamie, you'll know this more than more than most. Um, see that, see that uh, the middle tier along the sideline. You know the hospitality section. That section is dead after half time because they've had their cucumber sandwiches, they've had their prawn salads, they've had their free bar, and they're away down the road. No, uh, uh, that's that's that's. Is this where we're at Old Trafford? <laughs> the you, key, you know, Jay, you know yourself. That's ex- that's exactly what happens because they've they've had their free stuff. They're fed up with the game and they're off. That's that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with the way I'm yeah. doing the Tottenham game. It's as, as simple as that. They are they are hospitality seats, and the best seats in the house are always empty by the fourth quarter, and it's sickening. But that's that's the way money goes. Um, so yeah, for me it would have to be Cowboys Packers. Can I can I can I be greedy and say two? No, only because, no, because, no. Only because, because one no. of them will because one of them no. will never hear out, Bry. Hear them out. Because one, one of them will never ever happen. It'd be the Cowboys in the Super Bowl in, in Wembley because it would never happen. The Super Bowl would never go outside of, of the US. I'm so glad you said that, okay. Okay. See the amount of people that want the Super Bowl in London? It's never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. But, but outside of that, I'd have to I'd, the Cowboys-Eagles. No. Well, I, I mean, again, I would I would say, going back, to, going back to the 90s, I'd say Cowboys 49ers as well. Um, That's a shout oh. as well. Yeah. Uh, and DJ DJ Dogs just come up there with the Steelers as well. Um, oh, DJ Dogs stole mine. I was going to say, I was going to say, the Cowboys Packers in Croke Park in Dublin. 
Uh, as much and all as you guys love saying how great the week was, can you imagine that in Dublin? Oh, we'd be straight over there. I mean, we'd, we'd need we'd need two. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone back to I, yours, mate. Everyone back to mine. I mean, I, I'd say that I'd say my house would be exploding. <laughs> I did a deliver because the, when I was across there for the the game in 97, I think I went round the Guinness factory twice and pushed <laughs> the corner about three times because there was a debate with the woman in the, the, the tour guide in the whiskey corner as to which was better, Scotch whiskey or Irish whiskey. So, oh, um, it's not, it's not even a debate. <laughs> I know, Irish whiskey is fantastic, isn't it? Nonsense. A ton of nonsense. <laughs> But so we, we we said who we would love to play, right? I'll go back around again. Who would you hate to have to see the Cowboys playing the over Jets. here? The Jets. Yeah. The Jets. Because it would be a complete whitewash. Yeah. I mean I know I said that last week, but <laughs> <laughs> it would be a complete whitewash. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I had to bring that up. Hey, listen. If I make a mistake, I'll, I'll stand by it. But I think, I yeah. think, because um, let's face it, it would be high, it would be highly unlikely you wouldn't know who the Jets' quarterback was because they just drafted him. Let's be honest. Yeah, or he would be a former practice squad member of ours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say somebody like the Jets or he. Um, you know, you, you could almost say the same of Cleveland Browns as well. That you know, they seem they were they went through a period where they were changing the quarterback every single year, changing their head coaches every single year as well. Um, it'd have There's to no be somebody like won't do that this year. No, I know, I know. It, it'd have to be some. It'd have to be somebody like that that you know was going through a really bad patch. You wouldn't yeah. want to see them play because it it probably wouldn't be a good game for a. The layman, um, you know, you'd, mm. you'd need to really. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be a, a, a big name. Um, yeah. So. But again, Jay. this is what's this is what's holding the the, the game in, in London back. It's mm-hmm. it's bringing over poorer teams and not having a, a fan base of eighty ninety thousand going on a regular basis. Because if you're a fan of that team, you'll go and see whoever. Um, yeah. But again, you know, sending over like, I mean, the, oh, the two teams escapes me, but uh, the Falcons were one. Who were the Falcons playing? Who did uh, the Falcons the weekend, play? The Saints. Saints. Oh, in London. Sorry. No. London. Um, the Jets wasn't it? Yeah, was it? Was it the Jets? I mean, Jets. see, yeah. see if you see if you were offered tickets for that, you'd think twice, wouldn't you? You, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I'll go. Yeah, fine, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. But yeah, got it. I wouldn't want to say him against the Jags again, just for the fact that the Jags are garbage. But yeah. Dolphins, I wouldn't want to say him against the Dolphins. It's there just yeah. The one, the, the one team I wouldn't want to see them against is the Chargers because the Chargers have just no identity. Do you know? It'd be great no, because we'd be no, playing, no. we'd be playing with an an almost full crowd cheering on the Cowboys, but. You know, you, you you do need, you know, your yin and your yang. But you need both sides to make the atmosphere on the day. Do, do you know what would be an interesting matchup? 
just because of how well they've played the last couple of years, probably the Bills would be an interesting match. That'd be interesting. Yeah. 90s yeah. revival. I think the Bills but, have got a good fan base here as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things that the, the Dolphins would bring, certainly as a fan base. The, the Marino era certainly have made yeah. a lot of fans over here. Neil Reynolds being yeah. one of them. True, true. But we're, we're, we're nearly an hour and 45 minutes into the show and we've yet to touch on one of the main major topics of this week. Our very own much-loved Paul Stewart has finally made it to America. He is <laughs> in Houston as we speak. So for anyone who is not following Paul Stewart's uh, Instagram, get yourself on there. It's at I am peace you and you will absolutely crack yourself up laughing. I mean, Lauren, I think there was one thing you want to mention from that story. Oh, I mean, just everything we've seen today by sitting there with um, a sitting in with his breakfast this morning, and it was the whole table was laid out and. Um, all the drinks that he's seen, and you know the the big two liter bottle of squirt, and he's anybody fancy a squirt and all that, you know. So he's he's having a whale of a time already, and he only got, you know he only got there yesterday. He's got he's got a nice. Um, he's in Houston for this week. Um, I think he's traveling up for the game at the weekend. Um, he he has he has missed his calling as an estate agent. Because see the see the first see the first four videos. Look at the size of this effing living room, this effing kitchen. What an effing bedroom! He absolutely loves it. For he's he's so go and give the guy a follow. He's so happy. He's in his happy place. It looks it's amazing to see because he's been caged up for too long. Uh, yeah. yeah, good luck to him because he's having a great time. Yeah, but. Do you He's giving all that spiel in it, and then what? What was the group? The comment you had in the group, lads. I'm staying in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> so, just be, before we do go further, Lauren, I'm going to throw this over. I'm pretty sure you remember this this one, do you? Yeah, I was. I was actually at the game as well. So I was. I was. Um, 86 I would have been I'd just come back up to Edinburgh from living in Yorkshire for a bit so um, I remember going down uh, going down for the game um, mm -hmm. and it was again it was a fantastic experience particularly because yeah. I'd been I'd sort of been starved of it for four or five years from my last trip to mm. Dallas at the time um, yeah. you know uh, I I always say that well you know most kids are brought up on Janet and John books and uh, Biff Chip and Kipper as it is now I was brought up on Dallas Cowboys Weekly that I was getting sent across so um, Lord, was that was that the first time the NFL had kind of flirted with bringing it with going international and then Giants Chargers I, was the first time they'd gone regular season the the first. The Cowboys Bears was the first one that was actually called the American Bowl. Yeah, but they'd yeah. actually a few years before. I think there was the. I want to say it was the Vikings versus the Cardinals, but nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two, and again it was at Wembley as well. But um, it wasn't. It was just 
being billed as a one-off to try and test the waters. Mm. Um, and it's it's a little known game about then. Um, obviously, there was games played over here in June World War Two with the having the the American servicemen and the Canadian servicemen. You obviously you had games played which had cross cross rules between the CFL rules and um, the uh, the the CFL game and the NFL game. So. There was games there, but I think that, that obviously D- Dallas and Dallas and Chicago were the first first one that was a, a, a big fuss was made of it. Mm. It just goes to show when you make it regular season, it just it just ascends to another level. Yep. So I'm just just checking uh, Paul's uh, Instagram here, and there's a lot of pictures of beer in the last hour. So, so I think I think he's enjoying himself. Yeah, he's yeah. enjoying himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, are we are we letting people know Paul's schedule so they can go and get selfies with him, or are we are we keeping that? Oh yeah, no, I, I think think we have to. I mean, this weekend's game. Then up, yeah, up then to up to um, Kansas City, Kansas, and then he's yeah. and then he's got. Uh, yeah. The, the Thanksgiving game against the uh, Raiders as well. So, and he's also going to Saint uh, New Orleans. He's going to the Saints. He's going with our, our our very good friend of the show, Meg Murray, to see the New Orleans Saints. So, he's a busy boy. Is our is our much loved Mister Stewart? I just I just hope he knows where his passport is. I just hope <laughs> oh. to get to get towards the end of it. If he can keep just. Paul, please keep a hold of your passport. <laughs> Again, there's, 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 there's a story there, and I don't know if we've got time, but there's... there's we a, always have time. Just were you saying that there's a story with Paul and his flight problems, and it was an internal flight problem in the UK. That was... <laughs> and I'm just going to say, anybody that was sat in the UK Cowboys block when the... Chiefs played the Lions at Wembley and we were right in the end zone at the back and a fair amount of beer had been drunk which is no surprise for this group when we all get together but Paul somehow managed to think that it would be funny to strip off in Wembley Stadium and end up on the big screen in just his underpants which was really weird Um, (laughs) it's if memory serves me right, that night the Cowboys were the midnight game against the Seattle out in Seattle, and we made our way back. We were staying at Pot over near Potter's Bar. Um, we'd gone for a drink after the game, and then we were going back. And Paul was like, "Come back to my hotel room. I've got a bottle of whiskey, and, I, and I've got Game Pass. So we'll watch the game." I was like, "Paul, you've got an early flight." Back to Scotland in the morning. No, it'd be all right, mate. Don't you worry, it'd be all right. I'll I'll be fine. Went back to the hotel room. We opened this whiskey. I had one. I was like, I need to go to bed. And Paul was like, Fuck it, I'm staying up. I'm like, Paul, you've got a flight in the morning. Please go to bed. He's like, it'd be fine. I'm going to watch the game. We watched the game. And then I think my phone went off at about nine o'clock in the morning. And it was the message of Paul saying, I missed my flight. I slept in. <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, down here for a weekend, and you can down to mine for a weekend, and Ross is baggy on the way down. His trade got cancelled on the way up. He, he, that guy's jinxed. I'm telling you, he, he might he might end up going to watch Celtic this weekend because he's just he's just got no luck. <laughs> let me tell you, folks, paying for a flight or a train from London to Glasgow is not cheap, especially on the day. Goes <laughs> 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 on the day. <laughs> what a boy. But as they say, we're we're Jesus, we're nearly two hours into this show, and you know I think I think it's probably time to to start the wrap up. But Jamie, I know you wanted to talk about a couple of things, so I'll throw it over to you, sir. Oh no, yeah, it was just everyone will see in the group that now bars are reopening, and this week that um the borders to the states have reopened for us all this side of the pond so now things are, are taking effect so people will see in the group that we're trying to make it easier for people to when booking trips and um, we're in, we're going to put a post up in the group one of the, one of the guys will whack it up um just for people's hints and tips up to get into the stadium if they're staying in hotels, obviously we'll, we'll put on there the link to to our sponsored uh, Cowboys Experience to try try and make it easy for people when they're going out to a game because it, it, it's hard enough in it. So being able to help out for that, um, there's I think it was mentioned last week on it that the Super Bowl plans are now in full swing. Well, yep. I think we, we've settled on Glasgow. Um, so keep everyone keep their eyes out for for that, and yeah, we're going to try and start putting together a couple of meetups in the pubs. Just not, not maybe not even for a Cowboys game. Um, we'll, we'll get we'll get it encouraged. Even just some some of the Sunday games, it'd be nice if people can just get out and just go have a pint with people because we know people, a lot of people don't know anybody else that's into the NFL, so that'll help. And then there was a, there was another one. I know there was another one. What was it? Um, virtual meetups. Yes, at least somebody's on the ball tonight. Yeah, we we, we got going didn't we virtual meetups before the games, and I think it, it were it were hard for a lot of people because they were early doors. So I think for the six o'clock games, we're gonna we're gonna look at maybe doing a virtual meetup for when the games finish, or around about nine nine thirty British time. So it gives people a chance to have a beer and talk about the game as it as it happened and get everyone. Do you know what I mean so? If people are up for it, just keep an eye out on the group. One of us will post details and, and links, etc. Yeah. But yeah, all that kind of stuff's coming up. Yeah. And um, as as you called out, um, of course, we do have to pay the bills. Would one of you gentlemen like to shout out our sponsor? Right. Well, obviously, if you are going to a game, um, like Paul, uh, I would suggest you book with Cowboys Experience for your ultimate meet and greets, your tailgating, your game day packages. Um, get to meet up with uh, Cowboys greats, current and uh, past. Um, you know, and if you are going, use the code UK Cowboys, and you get you get free stuff, and you get chocolate pudding. And you get chocolate pudding, yep. <laughs> and of course, as always, you know, we like to give a shout out to our fellow our fellow content creators and Dallas Cowboys Media. So 
you know, the guys on Hanging With The Boys, The Break, Talking Cowboys, Blogging The Boys, 105.3 The Fan. Um, you have Marcus, you have Big Game, James, Jeff Reinebold, Jay Tuck, who was on with us last week, uh, Katie's fun tweets. Make sure and give, you give all of those people a follow. They put out great content on a daily and weekly basis. And, you know, they give, they give as much to us as we give to them. You know, make sure that you, you give them your support as well. You will not be regretting it. If any of you bump into Paul, make sure he's got his passport, make sure he's got his wallet, make sure his kilt's on the wrong way around, make sure his kilt's on, all the good stuff. Just make sure he gets he gets back to us safe, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with, two, with, with two Scottish men in the group, um, they will be very annoyed if Paul is not doing the traditional um, kilt wearing, especially in Kansas City. He's, I'm he's sure had he issues will. with that in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as always, uh, Mike and the team will be along on, on Thursday at nine o'clock here in the UK. I believe we're back on track, but it'll be four o'clock on the East Coast of America, uh, three o'clock in Texas, and one o'clock on the Pacific Coast. So make sure and tune in. And, and as we say, we also we know we have lots of people here in uh, Europe that also follow us. That'll be 10, 10 p.m. Central European time as well. So, you know, make sure and tune in. Um, they'll break down all, everything in the Falcons and they will hopefully not be what, Lord? Uh, on the wrong side of the score this week. <laughs> no, I was going to say we're not saying what anymore. No, we're not saying it because we're not saying it. It's banned. There we it. go, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I... is it. <laughs> We've taken our medicine. We're not going to say anything about confidence. But from me, folks, it's a good night. Yep. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time, guys. Good luck. <laughs>